0: good morning everyone welcome to Discovery Christian Church my name is Scott Palmer and I am one of the elders here at Discovery so glad to have you with us this morning as I get to share the Word of God with you this morning now we've been in a sermon series lately on the wisdom books of the Bible and we've completed Proverbs and Lamentations and next we'll be going into the book of Ecclesiastes But before we do that, we're going to take a little side detour today to talk about some spiritual disciplines. Now this is something that we did last year where we had a number of Sundays where we walked through some of the spiritual disciplines and we want to revisit those again this year so that we don't lose track of those or lose sight of them. So today we're going to cover two different disciplines, those being fasting and prayer. And these may or may not be new ideas or concepts or terms to you, so I want to just start with some brief ideas about what each of these is. Fasting is where we abstain from something, and most commonly this is associated with abstaining from food. And the idea there is to humble ourselves so that we can then draw close to God. Something that we see Jesus do, we see other people in the Bible do this. It's not exclusively Christian in any way because we see this in Judaism, we see it in other religions like uh, people of the Muslim faith, which they're about to do as they go into the month of Ramadan. Um, it is something though that is highly countercultural. It runs counter to the mindset of where we are because in America we are taught to be continually consuming, not abstaining. From things. Now, when fasting happens by uh, food, I've got to admit, it's not my favorite practice in the world as I definitely like to eat. Now, prayer, uh, on the other hand, is very simply just a conversation that happens between us and God. God speaks and we listen. We speak openly, authentically, and from the heart to God, and he hears us and he listens to us. And there's a few things that are definitely parallels about both of these that we can see. Prayer and fasting, both of these have a a high uh, potential to really just uh, devolve into something that is a ritual, or that maybe we do this occasionally. It's more of a one-off type of experience for us. In the right moment or in the right setting, we know to do these things. But yet, they are really both meant to be about a lifestyle, and. The other thing that really comes to mind, too, is that these can both easily devolve into being about our own personal sense of holiness. And what it's really actually about, instead of building ourselves up for how holy we may or may not be, it's actually about relationship. And as we seek to be in the kingdom of right relationships uh, with Jesus, then it, it simply means that it is part of our discipleship process. Now, I want to touch on this idea, this tension that exists between rituals and relationships, because I think it's pretty easy to go through the motions of prayer without actually listening to God or being in relationship with Him. Again, we can do this in the right moment or at that that right uh, point in time. Everyone says, hey, let's pray, and then we do this, but it may not affect us in any way. It's pretty easy for us to uh, engage in fasting or to give something up Uh, Not because that act itself is easy, but it's easy to do this without letting our hearts actually be affected. And thus, it can become very easy to have it be a ritual. Something that we perform that really just steps outside of the normal rhythm of our life in order to have some spiritually holy thing that we are doing. Now, what I strongly advocate for is that fasting and prayer are actually both a call to relationship with Jesus rather than this idea of empty ritual and to illustrate in my own life I am a husband I am a father amongst other uh, roles that I have and these roles are predicated on loving relationship so I think it wouldn't look right and it would be very sad if Uh, You know, I only fulfilled an obligated role. If I stepped in from time to time and said, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is the ritual, I'll just go through the motions here occasionally. Rather, I think what I uh, would benefit from doing, and my family would certainly benefit from, is if I experience the joy of authentic, day-to-day, continual relationship with them. And I would uh, submit to you the idea that our walk with God should look the same. This should be a continual thing of relationship, not an occasional one-off ritual. So today, uh, we're going to go ahead and be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. And so if you want to get out your Bibles, you can turn there now. Isaiah, like any good prophet, is going to uh, really be put in a difficult position of having to confront uh, the people that he is a part of, in this case, the people of Israel. And it's not with the intention of just saying, hey, you guys are doing something incorrect and then leaving it at that. But it's with the intention of pointing out how something has gone amiss. And, but with the idea of calling people back to this, to say this is actually where you're supposed to be. This is what it means to be in right relationship. So if you'll read with me now in verses two through five, Isaiah writes, Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look. You serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast A day acceptable to Yahweh. Now there's a lot to unpack here, but a couple of notes in particular, things that I want to draw our attention towards. First is Isaiah is really drawing out this idea that Israel appears on the surface to want to know God, but realistically they are actually forsaking his ways. Basically saying you're one thing on the surface, but in the depths of who you are, you're actually something quite different. So he's drawing out a duplicity that's here of even going through this idea of fasting. And Israel doesn't actually Recognize this duplicity or they don't see a problem with what's there thus they can uh, ask the questions that they do Why are we going through this practice? Why are we going through this motion if it doesn't seem to be making any difference in the eyes of God and? What I draw from that is that it's clear that for them. This is something that is being done strictly to be noticed by God and that's their main motivation. They're wanting to be right with God without actually changing the way they do things on a day to day basis. Now, God uh, responds to them. And this is, you know, again, part of prayer. They're speaking to God, God's speaking back. He gives an answer. So they're each hearing each other. And God responds that what the, the problem here, or a problem, is that they're really doing this not for the sake of honoring god or to seek god's interests, but it's to actually just seek their own interests and we can see this in verse three look you serve your own interest on your fast day and he also really illustrates that they are not having their hearts formed by god through the process of fasting Uh, And he draws out a couple of things, one being where they are oppressing their workers, uh, they are quarreling and fighting, and then he says, you are humbling only for a day. I think that's really significant, because as we think about this, what we see is they really have their own agenda in mind, they they really are just doing their own thing that is there, but then we see that for them, this is something that they're doing on occasion. It's only for a day, not for a day the lifestyle. And I submit to you that fasting is actually truly about a lifestyle of humility before God. Now fasting is also reminiscent of some other things that we can see uh, in scripture. And so if we move to the New Testament, there's an interesting parallel that happens in the book of Romans chapter two. Uh, The apostle Paul is writing uh, at the time to the church and has there's this interesting discussion going on at that time about circumcision. So let me read verses 25 to 29. Circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if those who are uncircumcised keep the requirements of the law, will not their uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then those who are physically uncircumcised but keep the law will condemn you that have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is true circumcision something external and physical. Rather, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and real circumcision is a matter of the heart. It is spiritual and not literal. Such a person receives praise not from others, from God now in that moment in time in the life of the church there was a significant issue taking place over what uh, what needed to be done with regards to circumcision something that had been brought over from Judaism and there were some people who were arguing that in order to be saved to truly be in right relationship with God a person needed some form of outward confirmation of their personal holiness In other words, in this case, that would be circumcision. And that this showed that they were very interested in following that letter of the law, but not necessarily the spirit or the overall intent. So this was really a one-off type of a thing, a one-off ritual that they would do in order to say, now that I've done this, I'm okay with God and I can go about my business and do what I want to do. And Paul instead pushes back on this idea and says circumcision is not about a one-time experience, a thing that you do to your body, something external for others to see, but that it is really about the heart and the spirit. It really should affect the way that we live our day-to-day lives. So, returning to our passage in Isaiah, we should also examine this idea then of where our focus is. Because it's very easy to be myopic or self-focused which is something that again Isaiah points to as being a significant challenge saying that people there are serving their own interests and so basically the people of Israel they're not really so interested in genuinely following God but what we see is the charge you know against them and the response that God gives here is to say listen you basically have your own agenda that you're wanting to pursue full-time And then occasionally you're going to stop doing that in order to pursue this ritual of fasting so that you can be right with god and then you can have your selfish pursuits just sanctioned so that you can carry on and go about your business it's frankly something that we've seen in the life of the church historically where there's been a number of times that the church has advanced its own agenda and then tried to tack on god at the end Now, I find that these types of approaches, these actions, they're not going to lead to right relationship with God. And frankly, they're very insulting to God because ultimately what they're doing is they're treating it as uh, that God is the servant of our own interests, that we're just using God in order to then get what we want rather than us being the servants of God's interests. And I would say that it would be a great idea for all people To really examine where our focus is is it on ourselves and meeting our own desires and our own wants and our own personal preferences or is it found in loving god and our neighbors as he is commanded because part of this idea of fasting as we said in the beginning is abstaining from things and that would mean even abstaining from our own preferences and wants and desires So then as we look at where we go from here, so then if this isn't what fasting is really about, then what does Isaiah have to say that it is about? So looking at verses six and seven, we're gonna read those now, but we're gonna see that the the theme of justice is actually very uh, important. It's very central to what fasting is really about. So verses six and seven. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? So again, as we, we consider this idea, there's this tension between this personal, you know, piety, you know, holiness that, that often dominates what we see at other parts of the Bible or even in, in church life today of why would someone even fast? Um, certainly, we see this, though, with Jesus as he talks with the Pharisees about their purposes behind uh, what fasting is about and why they're doing it. And yet, right here, we also have this other example where Isaiah basically talks about how fasting is truly a matter of the heart and about living this out, uh, living out our faith daily in very tangible ways. So in verses six through seven, we get this picture of, so what does God want us to be doing? And we do see that there are very important key things that are included here. He wants us to respond to injustice. He wants us to help the marginalized wants us to have very tangible ways that we do this, not just in spirit or in idea that never actually translates into something, but we get these other ideas about sharing bread with hungry people, or you know, helping provide shelter and housing for those who are homeless, those who don't have clothing to make sure that their tangible needs are taken care of. Again, I find that there is a really great parallel in the New Testament to this. Uh, in the book of James so in James chapter 2 verses 14 to 17 uh, James who is the leader of the church at that time writes what good is it my brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but do not have works can faith save you if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and and one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and eat your fill and yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. So again, this passage is going to focus on meeting the tangible needs of people. The idea of fasting uh, and engaging in this justice and loving of other people does have a very human and just day-to-day side to it. Not everything needs to be spiritualized to a great extent. Sometimes the way people will receive love the best is in the tangible things that you can do for them. And sometimes the tangible things that we do for someone is costly to us. It will cause us to say, in order to help this person and meet their needs, I will have to put off something for myself. So in other words, I will be abstaining from something as well. And so uh, the way he puts it there is again, that faith without works is dead. So let's return back to our passage in Isaiah again and say, great, so maybe that sounds terrific and we're learning all this about fasting, but what does this have to do with prayer? So a couple of uh, thoughts on that there is that again, to go back to the original idea, prayer is really about a conversation between us and God. He speaks, we listen, we speak authentically from the heart and he listens. And so there's actually uh, two verses here from today's reading that I think really tie in quite well to this. So let's look at verse four again, and this is after uh, the people have already asked, so why are we bothering to go through this, the motions of fasting if, if it's not gonna make any difference. And in verse four says, "'Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight "'and to strike with a wicked fist.' such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Now, I uh, suggest that what this is really telling us here is the way that we lead our lives, the way that we live. If we are self-seeking about what we are going to do, if we are looking to take advantage or oppress other people instead of speaking into these communities where people are uh, dealing with injustice and they've been marginalized, do we really expect that God is going to want to engage in a conversation with us? Do we really expect that God is going to want to listen to us? Because at that point, it looks to me like we are openly taking the word of God and just saying, not interested in hearing what God has to say, and thus we are the ones breaking down this idea of being in right relationship with God. And if we're not in right relationship with God and with others, then why would we expect him to say, that's okay, I still am just gonna do what you want to do and hear from you. If I treated other people in my life this way, uh, family, best friend, whatever, I really don't think that they would say, Scott, I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say yeah, let's spend some time together because my heart is not going to be in the right place. But but if we jump down to verse 9, and this comes after uh, Isaiah has laid out what fasting really should look like, then we read these words. Then you shall call, and Yahweh will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. So this is very... uh, Interesting, it's very impactful, because what we see is when we are in right relationship with God, it will affect our prayer lives. When we are submitting to God and not putting the focus on ourselves and our own wants and desires, but instead when we are looking to what God wants, and again, not on a a one-time or a one-off, but in the way that we tangibly lead our lives day after day, then we should expect this to show up more and more and become very evident in our life of prayer. We should expect to have God speak to us and for us to listen. We should expect to be able to uh, share openly and honestly back with God and know that he hears us and that we are engaging in this dialogue together. So as we start to bring this in for a bit of a landing, a few questions for us to really think about. And these are questions that uh, really just think through them openly and honestly because otherwise the questions don't do any good if we just give the easy church answer if you will. Right now, where is your sight focused? Is it on yourself or is it on God and his desires in loving others? Number two, what is something that you know that you need to abstain from in order to strengthen your walk with God? I'm not, I'm not meaning this in a way of something temporary uh, where, where someone can say, hey, I'll give this up for a period of time and then I'm just gonna return to that. But think about this very deeply. What is something that in the core of your heart, you know, this is really inhibiting my relationship with God and it's time for me to walk away from that I want to leave this behind in order to uh, give this thing up and enhance my relationship with God the third uh, thing to think about is that there is frankly a lot of injustice and a lot of needs in the world today and as we see uh, fasting responds to injustice. We see that's part of right relationship with God. And so my question is, is there something that God has placed on your heart that you would like to dedicate yourself towards? There's so many things out there that you could uh, look to and address. And so you don't have to take on the responsibility of all of those, but what is something that you would really like to engage in? as a way of loving other people and shining a light into some of those dark places. With all of these, I would suggest take these this day, this week, and think upon them and engage in prayer and dialogue with God about them to see what he has in store for you. So I wanna go ahead and close us in prayer. And bearing in mind that prayer calls us to be in relationship with God, not in a ritual with God. And so I want to speak now to a couple of, of groups in particular. One being that if you have found yourself that you can openly look back and reflect and say, you know, I have been more of a ritual type of follower of God rather than a relationship follower, then now is a great time to to just uh, share that with God and to let him know you actually really want that relationship and and ask for his help to be in that place. And we'll pray about that in a moment. Second group though is maybe you have been on the perimeter here. You've been on the fringes in some way, checking out what this Jesus thing is all about and you haven't uh, really decided to uh, make a commitment on this one way or the other just yet. But now you know, hey, this relationship that Jesus is calling me to, that's that's where I want to be. That sounds really good. And I wanna be part of that beautiful relationship. Well, now's definitely a great time to go ahead and bring that before the Lord and let him know that you want to enter into that relationship with him. So if you'll bow your heads with me, we'll go ahead and pray over these things. (coughs) Lord Jesus, I just wanna thank you for this day and for the love that you have for us. I wanna thank you also, Lord, that, that in that love that you have for us, that you have relationship in mind, Lord. That you don't want us to just go through some empty motions. You don't want us to get stuck in places, Lord, where we just do things so that we can then return to going about our business and trying to live life in some way without you, but that you want to be with us, at all times. And Lord, I know there's probably people who are struggling on some level. Maybe the the call to ritual has been a deep part of their walk with you in the past, and yet they haven't been opened up to the relationship just yet. And for those, Lord, I just pray that you would open them up so that they can experience the fullness and the depths of the relationship that you have in store for them. And Lord, I also lift up to you those who maybe have been on the fringes all this time, but now they know they're ready to enter into relationship with you. And so, uh, Jesus, for those people, I pray that you would lead them now. And just if this is uh, where, where someone's at, Lord, then I pray that you would just speak into their heart, that you would help them to uh, just have a great relationship with you, Lord, that you would open up that sphere for them. Thank you again, Lord, just for loving us, for helping us to learn to um, abstain a little bit from ourselves and our own self-focus, and for helping us, Lord, to have such a, a good relationship with you. We pray for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.